This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. All right, as always, I want to thank Rabbi Shabtai for giving me the opportunity to speak today and to uh, learn together with you. Uh, this week's parsha is Parsha Shmos. We're all familiar. This is where, where uh, Moshe uh, enters the picture and uh, begins to discover the leadership abilities that he has that lead, laid beneath the surface, that were brought to the surface uh, by the, I want to say coercion, but certainly by the coaxing of, uh, of the Rabboni Shalom. And when um, Hashem says to Moshe, I want you to be the next leader, so if you'll take a look on page Lamed Hay, uh, in the second chilek of Nesiva Shalom, Os Aleph, the title of uh, this piece is Mi Anochi Kielech El Paro. So Moshe says, Mi Anochi Kielech El Paro, Hashem presents this opportunity. He wants to make the higher. He wants to have uh, Moshe Abedu serve as the leader, the manhig, the one to liberate the Jewish people from Mitzrayim. And Moshe says, you got the wrong guy. Who am I to be the one to lead the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim? And we're all bothered by uh, the obvious question, which is, of course, how in the world or what in the world gives Moshe the right to refuse this opportunity? You take a look in the middle of the first paragraph. Ach, sof kal sof Hashem says, I want you to accept this shlichus, uh, this job, this opportunity. Uh, I just lost my place. What gives him the right to go and say, it's not for me? After all the answers, What gives Moshe the right? How does he have the, I don't want to say the word chutzpah, but what gives him the right to refuse the shlichus that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives him. Cain Saruch we also have to understand. The Pasuk says, that Hashem says, I'm going to bring a compelling argument. I brought you a sign, the burning bush, that's going to convey to you that I'm not making up stories. It's HaKadosh Baruch Hu you're speaking to. And, um, and you should know that clearly I have the capabilities and you have the capabilities and I'm sending you to do the shlichus. Asks the son of a Rebbe, what was the purpose of this oath, this sign? Can't be that Hashem had any type, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, sorry, had any type of doubt that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was the Mishalech, the one sending him. What Moshe was saying is that it's going to be very difficult for me. What type of response is Hashem giving to try to convince Moshe? So we have these two questions that we want to try to understand. Number one, Hashem charges Moshe with the responsibility that he's going to lead the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim. Moshe's response is, Mi anochi, who am I? Paro. Who am I to go and speak to Paro? Mitzrayim. Am I the right person to go ahead and lead the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim? What, what kind of question is that? This is HaKadosh Baruch Hu we're talking about. You don't think HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew what was going to happen? Spoiler alert! He knew that Moshe Rabbeinu was going to be successful in liberating the Jewish people. What do you mean, who am I? It's HaKadosh Baruch who is sending him. That's question number one. Question number two is, if for whatever reason HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides he wants to try to convince Moshe Rabbeinu to accept this position, and he says, by the way, I'm going to show you this miracle, this sign that I just preview you to, why would that all of a sudden 
convince Moshe to accept the position. Moshe didn't doubt HaKadosh Baruch Hu's existence. Moshe didn't doubt what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was capable of. Moshe doubted himself. So what exactly would this oath, this sign, do in convincing Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu could have justifiably said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I know you're great. I know you're amazing. I know you're tremendous. We're not talking about you. We're talking about me. How do I know that I'm the right person for the job? What was the purpose of that oath? What exactly did Hashem hope to achieve? And so the Nesiva Shalom provides a very fascinating insight, psychological insight into how Moshe Rabbeinu thought. And with this, I think, as the Nesiva Shalom likes to do very often, even though he doesn't quote it specifically here, the Nesiva Shalom always likes to say that every story that we read is not some sipor ba'alma. It's not some narrative. We get some milk and cookies, we get a nice cup of coffee, and we read like we read a novel. Each one of the stories that HaKadosh Baruch Hu incorporates, integrates into the storyline is not only something that we're supposed to read about our heritage, but there's some nitzchi, there's some eternal message that we are to derive from this story. And I believe there's something very, very beautiful and very inspiring about this conversation, that this dialogue that took place between Hashem and Moshe Rabbeinu. So what was Moshe worried about? We're talking about Hashem over here. What's his hesitancy? What's his reluctance? What's holding him back from accepting the position? Why doesn't he just understand that it's HaKadosh Baruch who is the Mishalech, the one sending, and he is the Shaliach? And the Siva Shalom suggests as follows. Moshe understood, Moshe thought, that the magnitude, the level of Geula would be commensurate to the Goel, to the person leading the Geula. If the Redeemer, the Manik, the leader of the redemption, is somebody who's tremendous, an Adam Gadol, a man of prestige, a man of greatness, on a very, very high level, so then, so then, the Geula would also be commensurate to that Goel, to that Redeemer, would be tremendous, would be a tremendous magnitude with prestige, with honor, with pomp and circumstance. However, but if the Goel who was designated, who was chosen as a simple Jew, then so too, like we've said, correlating to the Redeemer, who is not, who's an other portion, who's a Stama guy, so so too, the Geula is going to be on a much lower level. We know that Moshe's paradigmatic quintessential character trait was anivus, was humility. So what did he think to himself? Savar. He thought, were Hashem to choose and select Moshe as the Goel, who's this nobody, who's this Joe Shmo, who's got nothing to say for himself, that it must be that Hashem only wanted a much lower level type of redemption. And that Moshe didn't want, and therefore he refused. It wasn't that he was refusing to be the Shaliach. What he was really doing, says the Nesiva Shalom, was beseeching Hashem to say, I don't want Klal Yisrael to have a low-level Geula. I want there to be a tremendous Geula, a magnitude type of a Geula, tremendous a pomp and circumstance, a display of your might in a way that the world had never seen before. 
If you pick me, then the same way that I'm a low-level Goel redeemer, then the redemption, the Geul, is also going to be a low-level redemption. And I don't want that for the Jewish people. It's not about me. It's about Klal Yisrael. And so therefore, he's using this to advocate and to suggest that maybe find somebody who's an Adam Gadol, who will ensure that the Geula will be commensurate to that prestige. V'zeu Omra, and that's why he says, Mi anochi ki'elech Right, who am I? You don't want me redeeming the Jewish people. If I go, it's going to be a very low level type of redemption. And I don't agree to that. Send somebody who's going to be much greater. Who's going to ensure that the Geula is much greater. So that way the Geula will be on a much higher level. That was the basis. It wasn't about him. And it wasn't doubting HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He was using this as a platform to advocate for the Jewish people. I know, Hashem, if you send me, you're sending an Adam Pashit. You're sending a basic low-level type of guy, a no-name guy. And so therefore, the Geula is going to be a no-name, lower type of Geula. Nemucha, as he describes, says the Nesiva Shalom. And I want Klal Yisrael to the most amazing Geula. I want the world to see your might and your power. And in order to ensure that, you got to pick somebody who's an Adam Gadol. And that's why he refused. Ubazem is buyer. Now we can understand the Hemshech, the, the continuing story. When he says to Hashem, Why would you send me? Why did you make me do all these things? How could you have put me in this position? How does Moshe, where's Moshe get the chutzpah to say this to HaKadosh Baruch what did Moshe really want to say? says, I don't know who Hashem is. Right, I'm not looked at in the same way. I'm not going to be successful to convince Paro. It all goes through that same theme where Moshe is struggling with, not that he doesn't think he could be the person because Hashem wants him to, it's because he understands how the Geula is set up. The Geula is set up in such a way that the Geula, the redemption, is commensurate to the Goel, to the Redeemer. If the Goel, the Redeemer, is a Katan, is a low-level person, so will the Geula. And that Moshe wasn't hearing from. That Moshe wasn't interested in, not for himself, but for the Jewish people as a whole. And therefore, take a look at the next page. Now we can understand the response that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has initially and with the oath that he responds later on. What does Hashem say? I'm going to be with you. What does he tell Moshe Rabbeinu? He says to Moshe Rabbeinu, he says, he says to Moshe Rabbeinu, This shlichus is not like all the other messengers or agencies I've ever had before. Hashem says to Moshe, you're misunderstanding. You don't really need to do anything. You're simply going to be the vehicle for me to perform everything. You don't need to worry about the goel. You don't need to be worried that you're an unav. You don't need to be worried that you're a low level. Everything is going through you, but it's really me. And that says the Nesiv Hashem. Now you can understand what the Haggadah meant. Right, that I went and I passed over during the night when I was going to liberate the Jewish people. Ani Hashem. And what did the Haggadah say? Ani Malach. 
Me and not an angel. Vistaraf Allah Shalakh and not any uh, messenger. In other words, what Hashem was telling Moshe and by extension the Haggadah is that one shouldn't think that the liberation from from Mitzrayim was going to be as a result of Moshe. Moshe was going to be the vehicle. Moshe was going to be the conduit in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu performs and ultimately liberates the Jewish people. And so Hashem says, not to worry. I hear your concern in terms of the Goel. I hear your concerns in terms of making sure the Geula is of the magnitude that you would have envisioned. This is not like a normal Geula. This is not like a normal redemption. The redemption isn't going to be predicated or correlate to the type of Goel redeemer it will be. It's going to be me, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, performing the Geula through you. And with that, now we can understand why did Hashem say the Zelech HaOs? What, Moshe didn't believe in Hashem? What, Moshe had doubts about HaKadosh Baruch Hu's capabilities, his capacities, his power, his ability to uh, liberate whomever he wants? What was the purpose? It wasn't about Moshe doubting Hashem. It was about Moshe doubting himself. Beautiful way to close out this piece in the Nesiva Shalom. Why did Hashem perform this miracle? Because if this was a way, says the Nesiva Shalom, of conveying to Moshe, it's not going to be about you, Moshe. It's all going to be about what I do through you. In other words, I'm going to perform the same miracle I performed in front of you right now. I'm going to perform subsequent subsequent miracles through you. You don't have to worry. The pressure's off. You're going to do what I instruct you to do. You're going to be the mouthpiece, the representative of me. You're going to be the leader in front of the, of the Jewish people and in front of the Mitzrayim. But at the end of the day, it's going to be me, the Mishaleach, the one who is sending you. And how will you know, Moshe? The same way I performed this miracle is that the same way I'm going to perform all of the miracles through you. It wasn't Hashem trying to convince Moshe that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was capable. Moshe knew full well that Hashem was capable. It was a way to demonstrate how the relationship was going to work. That Moshe shouldn't doubt what he's capable of because it won't be about Moshe. It will ultimately be about Hashem. I thought it was a powerful message, not just in understanding this dialogue, which on the surface, you know, without peeling away any levels, you see the storyline on a superficial level. It's a little bit difficult to understand. Moshe's doubting Hashem. Moshe's refusing an offer that he really can't refuse because it's Hashem who's asking him. Hashem's performing miracles that are going to convince Moshe, but Moshe is the greatest of all that needs to be convinced. Like, what's going on over here? But now that you understand how the Nesiv Hashem fills in the gaps, that it's not that Moshe is doubting HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's Moshe doubting himself. It's him wanting to guarantee that the Geula that the Jewish people are going to experience would be commensurate of an Adam Gadol, which he did not view himself to be. Hashem therefore clarifies and says, this is not going to be like the other Geulos, like the other redemptions. I'm going to perform the Geula. You're just going to be the vehicle. And the same way the same way I performed that miracle over there that you saw, I'm going to perform other miracles, but it's It's going to be me working through you. And to that, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't really have much of a response because now the pressure, so to speak, was off of Moshe's shoulders. What I find so incredibly inspiring uh, about this understanding and how this could be eternal for us is that oftentimes we fool ourselves into thinking we are the Mishaleach and we are the Shaliach. We understand how the world works. We're going to operate in that world when something doesn't go the way we planned, when something doesn't go the way we envisioned. There's something wrong with the world. We get anxious. We worry. We get concerned because we're in control. We're the ones who are directing traffic. We're the ones who are pulling the strings behind closed doors. 
And the Nesiva Shalom is highlighting once again by this dialogue between HaKadosh Baruch and Moshe Rabbeinu that there's a Mishaleach in the world. There's somebody who sends us and there's somebody who uh, mandates what we're supposed to do. There's somebody who's pulling the strings even when we're not aware of it. We may be the Shaliach. We may be the vehicle. And yes, of course, Heshtadlus and effort have to be a prerequisite to be the beneficiaries of any bracha. But at the end of the day, if you think that your success in life is commensurate to what you're doing, Ani v'lo malach, Ani v'lo saraf, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to, to Moshe Rabbeinu and to each one of us who are reading this story and internalizing the message, there's a Mishaleach in this world. There's somebody who's pulling the strings, who's working behind the scenes to ensure that the world is brought to fruition and brought to the reality that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Melech Malachi Amlachim, brings to fruition. I thought it was a very, very powerful message as we continue to navigate these unprecedented times, wondering what's the next turn? What's going to be the next thing that we're going to experience? How are we going to understand how the world's going to work? If we would only realize there's a Mishaleach, if we would only take a step back and accept uh, ownership of understanding that we are part of the experience, but we are not the one choreographing the experience, it takes a little bit of load off our shoulders the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu took some of that pressure off of Moshe's shoulders. It allows us to let go, let God. It allows us to understand that there's a Ribbon Shalom, there's a Melch Malchi, Amlachim, there's a creator, a master of the universe who's in charge. Let us, let him do his job so that ultimately to serve him, we can do our job. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day.